All right. I'd like to uh, call the Planning and Zoning Commission meeting uh, for February 21st, 2024 to order. Let's get started. Uh, Secretary Robbins, please conduct the roll call. Athanakar. Here. Fonsal. Here. Castanoli. Here. McDaniel. Here. Richelia. Here. Robbins. Here. Wright. Here. All right. The first order of business tonight is the public forum. During the public forum, members of the public have the opportunity to address the Planning and Zoning Commission on issues which are not part of tonight's agenda. Please keep your comments limited to three minutes. Also, for the sake of all those in attendance, please refrain from clapping or shouting out in response to comments made by any speaker. Secretary Robbins, do we have anyone signed up for the public forum? We do not. Okay. Oh, yes, we do. Oh, we do. I, I was thinking for the case, though, or just open? Open forum. Open. Isn't it per the case, though? Open forum. We have one. Okay. Uh, <laughs> you forgot my sheets. <laughs> the sheets. Uh, please, uh, please come to the podium and state your name. Excuse me, Marilyn. Marilyn, turn the mic on. Ah, so sorry. Turned it off. Okay, there we go. Um, the 2022 approved land use plan is said to reflect the vision of CMAP onto 2050. In part, this is the recommendation for cities to build compact, walkable communities with a variety of services, amenities, and transportation options. It predicts that places with accessible and walkable amenities will continue to, to gain popularity. One implementation measure is to encourage gathering spaces with new and redesign commercial developments. Another is to consider additional land use development requirements, zoning and building code amendments to align with LEED and well community standards. One key consideration for city corridors is to ensure they are walkable and well connected to adjacent areas. For urban centers, it is to work with property owners to develop and implement best practices for walkability, such as connections to adjacent areas, walkways through surface parking, and pedestrian amenities. Despite this vision and these goals, I don't see this happening in practice, particularly for developments that have gone through the PCC or city council. Once it was the city stated policy that submittals on planning and zoning commission agendas had been reviewed and approved by staff for compliance with city code and ordinances. When I questioned in 2023 why this policy wasn't being followed, particularly in light of a poorly specified pedestrian plans, the statement was removed from the city's website. Apparently the concept now is that this commission only needs to know the facts relating to a particular variance, not how allowing that variance might affect the plan as a whole, including connections to adjacent areas, walkways through surface parking and pedestrian amenities. Not only is part of the land use plan vision being ignored, but requirements for pedestrian or bicycle access seems to be crammed into spaces only as an afterthought. This also tends to cause new developments to have even more impervious area and less green space. Only the minimum landscaping requirements can be squeezed in. One of the purposes of this commission is to maintain the city's master plan and make recommendations on planning issues for the community. I believe in part this means this commission should ensure the goals of the 22 land use plan are being achieved and if need be recommend changes to pertinent ordinances. I realize this is difficult given so many plans are simply administratively approved, but that effort should start. 
First, by ensuring plans that come before this commission have been reviewed and approved in all aspects by staff for compliance with city goals and ordinances, and that variances are not granted that would diminish the goals set forth in the 2022 land use plan. Second, by initiating a study or report of impediments to achieve the goals of the land use plan. I don't expect an answer this evening, but I would hope that each of you seriously consider my request. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you for your comments. Our next order of business is the public hearings. Uh, for each, we'll begin with a staff presentation or introduction, followed by the petitioner's presentation. We'll then take public testimony to ensure that we have an opportunity to hear from each person wishing to speak. Please keep your comments specific to the request under the consideration and try to avoid repetitive comments. Also, for the sake of all those in attendance, please refrain from clapping or shouting in response to comments made by any speaker. Following all public testimony, the petitioner will provide closing remarks just prior to the closure of the public hearing. No further public testimony will be taken after the petitioner begins their closing remarks or during the Planning and Zoning Commission's deliberations. I'll now swear in any member of the public wishing to speak. Thank you. Uh, those who wish to, uh, oh, sorry. No problem. <laughs> uh, please raise your right hand and respond, I do. I swear to tell the truth and nothing but the truth. Thank you. All right, the first case on tonight's agenda is PZC 23-1-117, 1203 Iroquois Avenue, formerly known as 1200 East Ogden uh, Avenue. Sarah Kapinski from staff will present the case. Thank you and good evening. Sarah Kapinski with the city's planning services team. Uh, the petitioner for PZC 23-1-117 seeks to redevelop the vacant, vacant bank, bank financial property at the southeast corner of Ogden and Iroquois with a coffee shop known as Seven Brew. The coffee shop will utilize the same parking lot, vehicular circulation pattern, and drive-through configuration that the bank used. Staff notes the property is limited in lot width and area, which restricts its physical capacity for commercial development. The proposed Seven Brew building has a small, uh, small building footprint and minimal parking requirements, enabling it to be accommodated on the site. In order to redevelop the property, the petitioner seeks approval of two variances, one to eliminate the required bypass lane and one to increase allowable wall signage as explained in the staff report. The proposed site plan includes two drive-through lanes where employees interact with customers and take their orders early in the drive-through process to ensure orders are ready when they reach the pickup window. The combination of the dual lane drive-through and Seven Brew's efficient drive-through process minimize the need for a bypass lane. Staff notes that the number of stacking spaces provided on site exceeds code requirements and that adding a bypass lane to the site is not possible due to its restricted lot size. Seven Brew also has a unique building design with a facade measuring less than 20 feet in width and a canopy measuring more than 50 feet in width when viewed from Ogden. Code allows for wall signage to be permitted up to a maximum area of 1.5 square feet per linear foot of facade, which does not include the canopy as this is considered an accessory structure. Based on a 20 foot wide building, Seven Brew's allowable wall signage is limited to 30 square feet. The petitioner's primary wall sign is approximately 28 square feet in size. A second directional sign measuring about five square feet is also proposed. When combined, the signs exceed the amount of allowable wall signage. Staff does not have any concerns with the sign variance requested due to the unique building design and compatibility with surrounding commercial uses. Staff is supportive of both variances requested. Tonight we ask you conduct a public hearing and will remain available for any questions. Thank you. 
Thank you, Ms. Kaminsky. Um, would the petitioner please approach the podium? Good evening. I'm Vince Rosanova with the law firm of Rosanova and Whitaker here tonight on behalf of the petitioner with Seven Brew. Sarah did a very nice job with the overview, so I'll keep my part short this evening. By way of background, Seven Brew is a very exciting new coffee shop uh, that focuses heavily on the customer experience. Speed, quality, as well as a positive environment have led to significant success over the last seven years since they started in Rogers, Arkansas. They now have 191 stands all the way from Texas up to New York, seven stores already in Illinois. And if everything goes according to plan, hopefully uh, Naperville will be their eighth location. So we're certainly excited about that. Looking at the subject property, this is a depiction of the building which currently occupies the site. It's a former bank financial, which was here for several decades. It's now vacant, underperforming, and contributes very little to the overall area. So keeping in conformance with the recent positive trend of investment in the area, we hope that Seven Brew uh, goes forward and continues to revitalize this area. Uh, so this slide is up here for no other purpose other than to compliment staff for the job that they've done over the last five to 10 years. We all collectively, a plan commission, city council, city staff, all the stakeholders, identified the East Ogden Avenue corridor as something that needed our attention. It was marked with vacancies, blighted buildings, eyesores, undesirable uses, and staff really took that charge. And today we stand here five years later. Instead of being an area of concern, it's actually a source of pride for the entire community and all the stakeholders. Now we have Costco, we have Amazon Fresh, the revitalized Tower Crossing Center, Culver's, G&G, the NIAP award-winning Vantage, micro-apartments, really entertainment, retail, convenience uses across the board, which enhance our retail sales tax as well as our aesthetics, and now is uh, indicative of the eastern corridor into Naperville that we want to see. So I uh, would be remiss if I didn't compliment staff on the job uh, in this corridor. Uh, so now moving into the zoning map and the comprehensive plan, the proposal before you this evening is directly in line with both. Not only is it a permitted use in the B3 zoning district, but it's also uh, anticipated within the comprehensive future land use plan as urban center, restaurant, retail use. So it's directly in line with all guiding documents. With regard to the site plan, as Sarah mentioned, it's a very challenging site as a half acre site that's very limited in what could go on here. So we're certainly very excited that the seven brew concept wants to locate here. The circulation and the access will function almost exactly as it did for the past few decades, very efficiently. Full access will be from Iroquois. The customer will pull in. They'll be greeted by a seven brew employee. Their order will be taken. And by the time that they get to the pickup window, more often than not, their order will be ready three minutes or less. We're utilizing the dual drive-through lane, which we all know enhances speed and efficiency. We're very familiar with that as McDonald's has uh, incorporated that almost universally. There's no access from Ogden Avenue, which then makes the property uh, circulate better, promote safety. When our visitors leave, they head most likely north on Iroquois, which then will be a full signalized access point, which will provide movements uh, safely 
in all directions. We're over parked uh, almost double of what the code requires. Code requires four spaces. We have 10 spaces. I also point out that this is not a dine-in facility. This is a drive-through only. So these are only employees parking in these spaces. Also, there's continuous sidewalk along both Iroquois and Ogden Avenue, connecting up to the sidewalk system throughout the East Ogden Avenue corridor. So a very efficient and effective site plan. Landscaping plan, a lot of effort also went into this. Not only are we incorporating additional landscape materials, parkway trees along Ogden and Iroquois, foundation plantings, perimeter plantings to really enhance the overall aesthetics, but we're looking in areas where possible to maintain and preserve the mature landscape treatments that exist there today. Uh, here's a depiction of the elevations where you can see the quality that Seven Brew is going for, as well as their branding, their signage, which will be visible from Ogden and Iroquois, the metal paneling, the awning, our staples of their architecture, as well as the masonry carried around all four sides, which evoke quality, so a very nice looking uh, elevation consistent with the city's design standards. Uh, lastly, if you want to make a friend in the planning department, when they ask you to remove these pull signs, uh, you say yes, you may even get a free lunch out of the deal. Uh, one of staff's prerogatives is to uh, enhance the aesthetics of the Ogden Avenue corridor, and a big part of that is eliminating these pull signs. Uh, the petitioners agreed to eliminate this in its replacement. They'll put a nice new monument sign consistent with the city's East Ogden Avenue corridor design guidelines. So with that, we certainly appreciate your time and consideration this evening, and we're available for questions. Uh, thank you. Is there any members of the public looking to speak on the case? Yes, there is one. <laughs> Please join us. Okay. Marilyn Schweitzer. So I don't expect a free lunch. Um, I assume you are all familiar with Redfin's walk score. It has some flaws, but it does give somewhat of an estimate of pedestrian friendliness of an area. For 1200 East Ogden Avenue, the walk score is 65, much better than my residential neighborhood. Thus, I would expect this development, with this redevelopment, to not diminish pedestrian access. No redevelopment should. Using Google Maps to look at the existing space, I see Reasonable on-site pedestrian access, although the access from the public right-of-way is a bit convoluted. It requires pedestrians to enter at the driveway and walk through the parking lot and the drive-through lane to gain access to the building. Nothing, though, in staff's site improvements for this redevelopment mentions pedestrian access. I can't tell if this redeve redevelopment will improve, lessen, or keep existing pedestrian access nor can I tell whether granting the variances will lessen, keep, or improve pedestrian access. The response to standards mentions motorists and traffic circulation, but nothing about pedestrian access nor the relation to nearby residential areas. It claims it will have a very similar configuration to the prior development, but omits any mention of pedestrian access or circulation. Nothing is mentioned regarding any attempt to further this urban center location to achieve best practices for walkability, such as connections to adjacent areas, walkways through surface parking, and pedestrian amenities. Similarly, the site plan is also lacking in terms of pedestrian access and flow. 
What I can surmise is that pedestrians will be greeted by trash enclosures as they enter at the driveway from the pedestrian right away. I don't see a bicycle rack, but I suppose that will be crammed into the plan at some point because code requires it. The elevation drawings are so sketchy that I can only guess whether or not pedestrians can be served other than standing at the drive-through window. Thus, I resorted to Google and the Seven Brew website to see whether pedestrians are welcome or even if people could exit a car and walk in. I see photos of outdoor seating, young people hanging out with drinks, and even some entering through a door. The customer seems, base seems to be relatively young, and the menu extends beyond coffee. Thus, I would think it would appeal to even those not quite old enough to drive. What I can't tell from the corporate images or tonight's plan is how anyone gains access. Please take the goals of the 2022 land use plan seriously and ensure pedestrian access is improved and not diminished. Like the goal of Chicago's Burnham plan, I want Naperville to be a community that encourages people to stay, not a community to drive in and out as quickly as possible. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you for your comments. You know, I, th I think I'd like to address one of those comments though, and I, because we specifically looked at the definition of urban center prior to the meeting, and I believe that's targeted at larger scale auto-oriented shopping areas. So I believe that this is designed for this, this actual designation here. May I? Please. Okay. Um, I did not bring a copy of the land use plan, but as I mentioned in my previous comments, um, you know, one of the goals is to Im improve walkability there as well. Thank you. I, uh, Petitioner, would you like to make comments? I, I apologize. I should have been more clear about this. So along Iroquois Avenue and Ogden Avenue, there's certainly public sidewalk continuous connecting up to all the adjacent uses internal to the site. This is not a uh, indoor dining situation. There is not even a walk-up window like you would see at Andy's Frozen Custard where people go, they walk up and they sit. There's no benches, there's no outdoor seating. Uh, the only opportunity to get coffee at this location is by vehicle. You pull in, you order, you go through the drive-through, you exit. So with not having indoor dining, without having a walk-up window, uh, pedestrian connectivity, sidewalks throughout the site uh, is uh, obsolete. Uh, so that's the thought process in putting together the site plan. Thank you, Mr. Rossanova. Do the commissioners have any comments? Commissioner Bunsel. Yeah, I have a question here. Um, you have asked for the variance uh, for uh, eliminating the required bypass line. So uh, my concern is that if we have a medical emergency, a family emergency, and we have two or three cars ahead of me and few cars behind me, how would I be able to get out? Well, well, first, one of the things that we have going for us is the, uh, the speed and the efficiency. So a bypass lane is provided for convenience. So essentially the thought process is if somebody gets in the bypass lane and they forgot their wallet, the bypass lane will allow them to get out efficiently. Here, our average wait time is three minutes. So if somebody forgets their wallet uh, and they have to wait, worst case scenario, three minutes, uh, that's not a horrific thing in my estimation. For a life safety sort of instance, here we already have the dual uh, drive-through lane system. So if somebody had a medical emergency, we could certainly uh, navigate the cars into one lane and give everybody around the building. 
as rare as that may have, having the, or as rare as that instance may be, uh, having that dual lane really will effectuate getting people out of here. Additionally, uh, I would say that having a bypass lane around the perimeter of the two lanes would be duplicative because we already have the two lanes and also there's not even pavement section for that. So if we had to have a bypass lane, what we'd have to do is we'd have to eliminate the second dual uh, access or dual drive-through, and that would actually hinder the efficiency and have no pragmatic effect. Um, so I was driving the property yesterday, and I saw that bank, and they had already two drive-through lanes, and there's a huge bypass lane to turn around. So you want to eliminate the whole bypass lane and mix all one together as a two drive-through? Like so it's, and it's each lane is pretty wide. Yeah, so, so with, um, with the bank property, there's the two drive-throughs, mm -hmm. and then there's the outside lane, which was the ATM lane. So there wasn't a bypass. They were all drive-through lanes, teller, teller, and then ATM around the outside. So what we're proposing here is replacing that with this dual lane system. So there is no way the car which is stuck can use that lane smoothly and go out. If there's, there is an emergency, right? There's no room on the site for a third lane, but with the dual lane system, it already obviates a lot of the concerns with convenience and an emergency. Okay. Yeah. Commissioner McDaniel, um, <clears throat> you have numerous uh, restaurants uh, such as these around the country already, correct? Uh, is this a very similar a plan as to what you guys currently have implemented at other locations? Absolutely. This how's, is, how's that worked out? It works out phenomenally, yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Commissioners, any other comments? Uh, Petitioner, would you like to make any closing remarks? Uh, no, we're available for questions. Thank you. All right, very good. Thank you. I will entertain a motion to close the public hearing for PZC 23-1-117. So moved. Second. Second. All in favor? Aye. 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 Opposed. Motion carries. Uh, I'd like to request uh, Commissioner Casanoli to read the motion, please. I would like to make a motion to adopt the findings of fact as presented by the petitioner and approve PZC 23-1-117. 117, a variance to eliminate the required bypass lane and a variance to increase the permitted wall signage area as outlined in the staff report for the property located at 1203 Iroquois Avenue, formerly known as 1200 East Ogden Avenue, 7 Bruce. Can I have a second? Second. All right. Uh, Secretary Robbins, please conduct the roll call. Athanakar. I agree with the motion. Bonsall. I do not agree with the motion. Castanoli. I agree with the motion. McDaniel. I agree. Richelia. I agree. Robbins. I do agree. I do want to make a note to staff. Um, I thought that Marilyn's comments were very well stated regarding the master plan and even um, in the presentation we talked about sidewalks along Ogden and some of the developments in the homes that are in that area. And I understand even across from there, we have approved some businesses that are more in the drive-through. I mean, it's, it's right by 88 getting on, so I get that. But we also, when we talk about being 
easy access and neighborhood friendly to all the other neighbors and those young kids, I do feel like this is a little bit of a miss, but I do approve and I think it will do well. So I just want to note that to staff, though I think we need to pay attention to that. I agree with the motion. January 17, 2024, Planning and Zoning Commission meeting. Do we have any corrections to the minutes? We do not. Okay, I'd like to entertain a motion to approve the minutes from January 17, 2024. So moved. Second? Second. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Motion carries. And I'd like to entertain a motion to adjourn the meeting. So moved. Second? Second. Second. All in favor? Aye. Aye. All right, thank you.